people always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right. On today's episode, we have a gym owner, a fitness coach, a podcast host, and um, a friend of a friend recommended him to me. And uh, Jess is an awesome lady. And uh, everybody, it's Brad Williams. Brad, that was an awful introduction, man. But <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so excited to get into this. Um, we love getting in shape. Natalie just lost 70 pounds. I just lost 50 pounds in 2022. Man, that is awesome. Thanks. And I am over 40, and she is not, and she not. wants that known at, the top, that at the top of the game. I'm almost to 40, but I still got, you know, over a year left. Brad, so, so Wes, is, Wes is a lost cause. Natalie, this is all going to be directed to you today. <laughs> no, your podcast is, uh, what is it? Over 40, <laughs> over 40 Fitness know. Hacks podcast. <laughs> So this is all for me. So give me, give me everything you can. Give and I'll, me I'll keep can. it in mind for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Wes and Natalie, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, and yes, I'm a fitness coach, personal trainer. There's a bunch of different names for it. And a gym owner here in Orange County, California. And I've been doing it for the last uh, 14 years. And I created my podcast, Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Um, back in 2019, really didn't do too much with it. And then, you know, COVID hit and I started really doing more of the online training. Uh, we all got kind of pushed into that as personal trainers and uh, really just had a passion for, you know, my whole thing is helping the over 40 crowd, um, you know, lose weight, but without giving up their social life. You know, I'm, I'm more of a kind of a lifestyle trainer, more than a militant boot camp instructor. You know, I don't, I'm not sitting there trying to yell and change every aspect of your life and your diet. You know, I like to have fun on weekends and, and do my thing too. And uh, since I've become over 40, now I'm starting to experience the problems of the aging process. It's hard to lose weight. And I'm a freaking personal trainer. That's what all my clients were crying about when I was a young punk 20 year old training them, you know, telling them that they need to be better at, you know, their diet and workouts and everything. And oh man, they weren't kidding. It is harder when you turn 40. And then they're looking at you like it's easy coming from you because you got metabolism. You got you got AIDS going for you. Look at us. Yeah. 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 But now I'm having those issues myself. But I've got that mindset. You know, I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up my social life. And, you know, thus created the show and it's kind of where, where the theme comes from. And then I'll get, you know, other health and wellness experts on there as well, too. So I'm just going to lay out. Coach, I'm just going to lay out my problem right ahead of time. Absolutely. That's that's perfect. I am all or nothing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, all or nothing. Go I don't ahead. know how else to do it. Hey, so, you know what? That's a rare, that's a rare specimen right there. Cause usually we like to build healthy habits and do it very slowly. But if someone's going to give me their all in, I'll take it. Yeah. But it's probably obsessive in the, maybe the wrong direction. Does no, that make well, sense? That's, that's, well, that's a job of a online coach, personal trainer to make sure your obsessions aren't taking you down to, you know, windy road to failure. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens. I go to the gym and I'm putting in, you know, hours in the gym and I'm doing it seven days a week and no rest days. Aren't rest days important? So yes. Nat Natalie started a health program and she was losing weight. And I'm like, I don't need to sign up for a health program. I'll go to the gym. We have a gym in our backyard. I got five acres. It's an awesome place out here. I have a gym in my backyard. I go out there, get on the treadmill. I'm lifting weights, doing all this. And I gained seven pounds in one week of 
I was muscle fatigue and soreness. I mean, I was just achy and just, and I was like, this is stupid. Sign me up. And then the weight just fell off. It just fell yep. off. And that's, and that's the biggest thing too. You know, one, once we get over 40, it's, we can't be, we, we can't just keep damaging our body like we did in our twenties. You know, the rest is so much more important. Sleep is so much more important. And, you know, you know, same thing, you know, the person, young personal trainer, when I was in my twenties was working out, you know, five, six days a week with one rest day. And I mean, you could do anything in your twenties. Now, now over 40, that's not the most efficient way to do it. Recovery is so much more important. And you start toning that back and working more efficiently with better quality workouts and obviously diet. And with only two, you, I, I see better results with those two workout days than when I was doing five. So you're just getting smarter. And that's the whole, that's, you know, why I love being in the whole fitness world is staying on top of trends and, you know, what the body's doing and all the different clients I've had over the years. And typically I've had the over 40, 50 crowd, my, you know, my whole stand as a personal trainer. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching all that. I'm getting to practice, you know, what I preach with them. And it's, you know, now that I'm getting into that field myself, I'm, I'm, you know, switching up the gears and changing my, my uh, routines as well. And it's just, you know, you got to play smart. So it's all about the end game, you know, keeping that healthy lifestyle and, you know, being able to look the way you want to look, function the way you want to function, but also have fun. And that's, that's where I come in. So with our work schedule, we could have, um, 183 shows June through August. It's just insane. Yesterday we had an illusion show and a corporate uh, company bought a bar down the street. They bought it out for the night and they hired me to come over from the theater and entertain at the bar, just a private performance. We left the house at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. We got home at midnight last night. Mm -hmm. It was just all day long, loading in a theater show, doing a theater show, Packing it all up, going down the street, getting an Uber, driving down the street, coming back, getting the RV, driving home. You don't have time to work out. Sometimes peaks yeah. where there's just, I mean, yeah, I guess I could do push-ups or set-ups somewhere on stage or in a five-minute break. But coming in and jumping out and with my schedule being so crazy, with her diet, she says that, you know, you have a bad day, next meal, get right back on track. Mm -hmm. Right? Because yeah. it's all, I'm eating junk for a day. Well, I might as well just eat junk for the rest of the week and start back on Monday. Should I yeah. do that? Should I do that for working out as well? Just the next day I'm able to work out, go work out. Here's the thing what? though, is saying is when we're doing shows, we're lugging equipment. So mm -hmm. we're all kind of like furniture movers. So I feel like you're getting a bit of activity that way. It might not be a regular workout, but you're lifting heavy things. You're moving it around and doing things, especially if there's big illusions. My Fitbit said I got 13 miles yesterday. Right. That's what I was just going to ask you too. Like steps matter. All of us just went, you know, post COVID saw that even the ones that we worked out a bunch now that we're staying at home still did our workouts, but yet not moving, not doing our daily lives, going, you know, doing our work lives and seeing the steps go from, 15,000 down to 3,000. And mm -hmm. so with you guys, that's not a problem. You're getting the the motion, you know, that's, and that's what you want to do is burning calories. So that's great. And if you can get a workout here and there, that's perfect. It's, it's more of uh, you know, focusing on that diet, which sounds like you guys did a little stent with Jess and took care of oh, that. It, we did something else, but no, okay. Jess has a good plan, but we, it didn't work. I love Jess. Us. Jess is yeah. awesome and she's yeah. passionate about it and everything. But ours is a different plan, but yeah, it works. It works. It's but all the same. We have learned that you can't outrun the fork. So yeah. 
Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing is, uh, you know, counting calories helps. So for the people that are, you know, we, sorry, we have to meet these people. We're always out and about hitting these restaurants up. Okay. That's fine. So you have to account for that and, you know, watch your calorie intake all the way up prior to that, knowing that you're going to probably blow two, 3000 calories just in that one sitting. Okay. Well then you're not, you're not going to be eating the before that <laughs> or just enough to get by. And that's kind of one of my, one of my fitness hacks is uh, fasting. Fasting is like one of my biggest ones for the over 40 crowd of uh, just getting your body time to simulate what you put in it, clear out all the junk in our arteries and veins and uh, digestive tract um, and help your body catch up of, you know, kind of what you've been torturing yourself, you know, going to all these places. So that's, that's kind of one of my biggest ones I talk about on the show that, and it seems like with your guys' busy work life, that, sh- that could be something that you could add to it and it should be easy. Well, I have a question. Yeah. So, okay. Yo-yo diet are like practically my whole life right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I up my metabolism. So I feel like I have my metabolism going because what I'm doing is I'm eating every few hours, six meals, six, six small meals throughout the day, eating every few hours. So that my t- metabolism is going, you know, I feel like if I start fasting, is my screwed up metabolism that I screwed up before gonna go like freak out if I fast, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you don't want to just jump into it and go all out. So for you, whatever diet you're on right now and your little program right there, we would just add, do like something like intermittent fasting. So okay. that just means do your six meals uh, in a shorter time frame. So normally if you're doing that, you know, throughout the day and say it's a 14 hour time window, you know, just try cutting off two hours and doing a 12 hour time window. And as you get better at it, you start shrinking it down to about an eight hour time window. Um, typically guys can go down to six or four. And, you know, usually with uh, females, there's some hormonal issues. It's better to, you know, talk to a medical care professional first, but some say it's no problem. And then you can go down there, but it's just something that you start, you know, chopping the time up like that and just seeing how you feel. And the whole thing is, if you don't feel good, you stop or go back or you try again. And uh, yeah, but the yo-yo dieting kind of concept is people just go on a bandwagon, you know, sorry, Wes, but we go all in, we're going to do it. And then they feel terrible. And that's fine because some people did work well and all our body chemistries are different. And then, you know, just giving up. So it's better to, to pick something, try it, sample it and try everything. And then you, you'll, you, you'll find something that works. And that's why I say dieting is there's no one diet for everybody. It's right. whatever one that works for you and your lifestyle and your work, your work life. And then you just start building habits on top of that. So inter- intermittent fasting is just easy because you don't have to change anyone's style of eating or dieting. You just add that simple little program and they just condense down what they're doing. And then you just take baby steps after that. Dude, we just learned about cauliflower pizza this year. And it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome because that's something we can pick up on the road. We did last night. Mm-hmm. We stopped, we ordered it, met it halfway. It was on our way home, ordered a regular pizza for the kids. I have a crew of six. So I got identical twin boys. I got an 11 year old girl, a babysitter. We got them a large cheese pizza to split. And we had a, we split a cauliflower crust pizza. So yeah. good. So good. And that's the thing is, is finding, doing that concept of eat this, not that, you know, just pick some of your worst stuff and just, you know, you got to try a lot of stuff, but you'll find something that you like, and hopefully you can order that and keep that around. That's it. We love it. We love it. So over 40 fitness hacks. Um, I have, I keep looking down here. We're, we're recording audio and video today. Today's our first episode of video. So thank you for 
bearing with us. It took us a little while to get started here. Yeah, no problem. But, uh, you see me looking around. I have notes here beside me here. Uh, you have a lot of doctors on your podcast. I was going on your website, which is also Over 40 Fitness Hacks podcast website, right? Podcast.com? Yeah, Over 40 Fitness Hacks.com. No, no podcast. Okay. All right. So you have a lot of doctors on there talking about metabolism. Somewhere along the line, I heard that, was that the one that was oh. bad for your like kidney or liver, the, the fasting? I think it was keto. was keto. Okay. Okay. But is there any side effects with the, uh, the fasting? There's no side effects at all. Does, it doesn't There's, ruin your metabolism. Doesn't, doesn't ruin your metabolism. Um, but, you know, for some people doing fasting, you know, everyone's body chemistry is different. You know, the things to watch out for, watch out for are, you know, elevated heart rate. Maybe your pulse is going higher and that's kind of a, you know, a, something to watch out for, um, you know, just being woozy and fainty. But usually if you, you know, see that, then you kind of back off and, you know, maybe don't do the eight hour, do the 10 hour. But, okay. uh, you know, and, if, you know, just like I said, if you, if you feel like it's just not for you, then, you know, scrap it and we'll move on. I got a, a million different hacks to help people. So, you know, you just got to find the right building blocks for each person. Just mm -hmm. like Natalie, you know, found something that restored her, you know, metabolism and you got that going. Don't let go of that. But, you know, don't be afraid to, to stack other things on there and try it. If you don't like it, just come back, come right back. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, just the over 40 game, just aging. I'm sorry. It's just not fair. But this is the natural progression of our, you know, genetics is to, for our body to hold on to fat like you wouldn't believe it. It would rather leach out muscle, bone, water weight before it ever lets go of fat because that's what, you know, protects you in case, you know, we can't find our next meal. Yeah. Well, I grew up, I talk about it all the time. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger and I have all of his books and magazines in the, in the gym. And um, he, had a, he had a workout program. And as a trainer, you might be able to help me here. But he did uh, chest, tricep, shoulders on Monday, mm -hmm. back abs on Tuesday and then legs on Wednesday and then you know repeat that or whatever or mix them up but I just heard recently that that's mm -hmm. old thinking that you should do every muscle group every day what is what is your theory on that what do you what do you think yeah so I, I, I'm kind of you know past I think 35 I saw it started accepting that uh, idea as well and felt a lot better doing that um, those old splits we call them splits of doing like you know, chest and tries, back and buys, legs and shoulders. Um, you know, if you were really looking to size up, then you would want to put that kind of focus on it, on it, and you'll give it an entire day because you know you would do like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with those three options. Take one rest day and then repeat them. So now you're working out six times a week with one rest day. You know, when you're in your twenties and you're trying to size up for a competition, and of course, all of us, just like you, we got all the books and everything. We want to do it too. And, it, you know, we, we got some size and all that, but, you know, we can recover and it's a lot <laughs> easy. <laughs> you you may have gotten some size. I never did. <laughs> well, then the other part is, you know, dieting. If you're not dieting, that it's kind of a waste of time to, to really do that. But, you know, it's also you're moving, you're having fun, you enjoy it. That's the other, you know, why I got into, you know, weightlifting and circuit training. But, yeah, as you as you get older, it's just it's, it's not very efficient. Um, it's just more risk to injury. So now it's better to just do more often, you know, full body. That way you're, you're burning more, you're at least getting a bare minimum for every muscle group. Um, and then also to start doing more uh, negatives. I don't know if you remember that term, 
but that's like uh time under tension of like you know doing a squat coming up and then slowly dropping back down like five to ten full seconds and uh, that's called a eccentric uh movement and you're actually a lot stronger with that eccentric movement than you are with the push either standing or like a chest press pushing out and a lot of us didn't really train that way and we should have but doing that makes the exercise so much harder that you can use less weight and still get the same benefits and goals of what you were trying to do and thus being over 40 that's kind of a concept that i push with a lot of my clients because it's safer they get more bang for their buck and then you know a 30 minute workout doing it that way is getting you better results than an hour of the old style. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know that technique. I've yeah. never done I don't know about that. So okay. like in, in Pilates, they kind of incorporate that, just everything slow motion and everything. So you're elongating the muscle, you're getting that eccentric uh, motion that we we're just talking about. But the problem with, you know, in Pilates is great, and I do it for myself too, but if you're really trying to put on the lean muscle mass, you know, you got to incorporate some of the, the weightlifting circuit training as well, if if that's your goal. Well, you did Pilates when she was pregnant. She had a pregnancy Pilates and different things like that. So mm-hmm. I've never messed with Pilates either. Yeah. 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 But for, for a guy my size going in the Pilates class, they don't have enough weights on there, even as I'm doing it slow. You know, maybe the leg stuff is, will kill me, but the upper body was just, there was nothing there for me. That's <laughs> not the case for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're fine, Ellie. <laughs> Pilates is great. It's it's so, you got tips yeah. you got tips for female push-ups she does the knee thing and that just makes yeah. me sad so that's that's a that's a good one uh pull up and push-up is kind of a good one a lot of the females want to be able to do a certain amount and uh, that's an easy thing to do is, is is focus on that eccentric motion so uh elevator push-up instead of doing a bunch of push-ups do a push-up hold and then pop back up and then come back down and hold as long as you can you might be able to do i don't know how many push-ups you can do right now but you'll be doing like one tenth of the amount and yeah. you'll be surprised you'll get better results off that than just trying to do oh i'm just going to do one more push-up every time i do this and, you know three months later maybe you get your goal and then with this method in two weeks you'll hit your goal oh wow okay cool and yeah. then pull, pull up pull up same thing it's easier to start with a lat pull machine where you know you grab that bar and pull down versus trying to use your entire body weight starting out on a pull-up bar so on the lat pull machine you would select the weight that you can do slowly come down and then fight that and let it go up so slowly like 10 full seconds to get that eccentric uh, motion and same thing i've got girls doing pull-ups a lot faster than if they had done the other way wow that's awesome i'll have to try that so you have all kinds of different how long have you been doing your podcast I've been doing the podcast for, I think, three and a half years, but more active, like I said, for a year and a half, two years. So for for hers, she's doing Optavia. I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's become a coach on it. She's got tons of clients now. She's doing great. And she's a, a role model for all these people. I mean, 70 pounds. She had twins. And for a year, she couldn't get rid of that weight. It was just and they were like, oh, she's one of those people that holds the weight while she breastfeeds. All right, well, I'm done breastfeeding. Now I'm still have the weight. And we tried Weight Watchers. We tried all these other programs. And Optavia just worked for us. So Yeah. And I remember Optavia being like so nutrient dense. That was like the, the core philosophy of all their stuff. And yeah. uh, I tried it as well. And I was pretty impressed with you know what I got in 30 days. I kind of did like a 30-day challenge on that. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
So what is, when you have a podcast episode called meal prepping for us, we're on a five and one with Optavia. So we have five of the prepackaged meals that they have for Optavia and one where we eat out or make at home. When you had your podcast, what is your meal prepping episode about? Because that's what people have to think about. They have to think about their day before yeah. it Because when you're busy and you got podcasts and you're trying to figure out Zoom and you're trying to get the uh, anchor thing and we're trying to get two different things going. I got kids to feed. I got animals to feed. It gets crazy. So meal prepping, I think, is important. Yeah. So uh, for meal prepping, I think with that episode, I was talking about one of my clients, too, who was interested in doing it. So I was kind of cooking for both of us. And, you know, I'm on more of the keto diet where he's more of on the bodybuilder, you know, needs his carbs because he needs his energy to he's still in the powerlifting and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it was more about prepping for both of us. And then, you know, I combine what I need into mine and his into, into his, but just like, you know, just some tips and tricks of, you know, always going with like kind of leaner quality cut meats and using more like healthy oils, like avocado oil and uh, olive oil. Uh, instead of getting, you know, the, the fatty tri-tip or ribeye, which is, you know, great, you know, for on your cheat days and stuff, but just, uh, how to, how to cook in, in mass bulk. Um, and don't be afraid to, you know, get those higher protein amounts. You know, that's kind of been a big thing that's been talked to death over the last 15 years is how much can the body assimilate? It's, it's only 20 grams. No, it's 30 grams. No, you can go more. And what I've found out and through the course of talking to other, uh, personal trainers and bodybuilders it varies from person to person. So you kind of pick, pick a, a marker, you know, say 30 grams, maybe that's a little more than you're taking right now and try it. And you'll know within a couple of weeks, like, Oh, I feel a little pudgier. Okay. Well, that probably your body isn't assimilating it and storing it as fat, but it is real hard for protein to turn into fat just because of how long it takes to digest it. Carbs and fat are a little bit easier to turn to fat. So, uh, and, and my meals, I, uh, for me and my client, I pop up the, the protein about 60, 65 grams per head. And for, for a size guy like me, 210, I'm trying to hit 200 grams of protein. Uh, it's, it's freaking hard to hit it. So I need, you know, not only big, huge meals like that, but I need, uh, supplements like protein shakes, which I also take about 60 grams in those as well, or else you'll never hit your mark. There's not enough time in the day. Wow. Wow. So you, Natalie, you, how much how much protein do you take on your on your program? I don't know how to do grams, but oh. <laughs> so that I can tell you ounces. It just depends on how lean the meat is. Mm -hmm. So you get the, the leaner the meat, the more you get. Mm -hmm. um, and so if there's if it's something like like steak, you get a like a five ounce serving. Whereas if it's like shrimp or something, you have seven ounces. But if it is like fish or something where it's really, really lean meat you have to add in healthy fats as well. Yeah. But uh, Optavia doesn't have like a, like a tracker chart of this is how much protein that you need throughout the day, or is it just oh, well, already yeah. blended in for you? Lots of protein in all of the fuelings as well. So you're getting mm -hmm. a good amount of protein in each fueling that you eat throughout the day. Yeah. And then green, there is so much protein that you have when you make your lean and green for your meal. I'm thinking yeah. every, every prepackaged meal has like 10 at least. 10, yeah. Or 10 to, 10 to 20, awesome. yeah. But I, I think I remember on when I was doing it that, you know, because I needed so much more, I had to supplement on top of taking Optivia. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. You can go get a bar. You want to run and get a bar? I, ha I had one. Get here. the trash. It's right there. It's right there. She's going off camera here. All um, right. <laughs> so fitness trackers. I have a little Fitbit. 
but I'm allergic to metal, so I put it on my ankle. Everybody laughs at me. They think I'm um, on house on arrest. Box, not on here. They think I'm on house arrest because I have the Fitbit on my ankle. Is there <laughs> a like? 11 grams. Uh, you know what? I When I was using I was just kind of using my uh, Android phone that pretty much there's uh, all the phones come with a app built in already for fitness and you just keep it in your pocket, which you normally would anyways. And it tracks all your steps. I think it actually tracked it better than the the Fitbit or at least the, the model I had a long time ago because it was a joke. You know, you go on the treadmill and count all your steps, but if you went on the elliptical, it wouldn't feel the, the bounce. So you'd get nothing. Okay. And uh, I noticed my phone would capture everything. So I kind of always use that. But, you know, I do push all my clients to, to get something because it's motivating and challenging to, you know, set a goal of I'm going to hit 10,000 steps or, you know, whatever the number is. Well, and then um, with her, she's got, she's six inches taller than me, which feels like a foot when we're, we're side by side, five inches taller than me. And her stride, she's all leg, her stride her Fitbit, we can, t- we can walk together. And I always get like a half a mile more on a couple oh, of laps. Around. It's more than that. It pisses me off. I'm like, I have walked just as much as you. <laughs> yeah. It's and, not, it's not perfect, but uh, I'm assuming they're getting better and better quality. No, no, it's steps. I am taking more steps. She's got, Oh, not, step. not just, you're not talking about just doing that a couple miles and then looking at your thing and you're, you're more than her. You're saying just in a day. No, no, no. no. If we right. hold hands and walk around my trails that I have on my five acres. Yeah, we're going you'll show more. But I get more steps because my little legs are just moving more than hers. And so, that, so yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, but not not more mileage. So that's why I thought you were saying that oh, one show that, more mileage. As I have less mileage because it says I had took less steps. Right. But that's the Fitbit. That's not the phone. So yeah. But see, she uses my phone for business. Business calls come on my phone, so I leave it in the office while I'm outside chopping wood and stuff. So it doesn't help me at all. So maybe yeah, you guys exchange your Fitbits and phone, whatever you're using, to see if the other one does it. <laughs> no, no, it definitely does it. it definitely does it. Yeah. All right. So what was the grams of that? She just there's, had a bar. Yeah, there was 11 grams in that bar. So if there's 11 grams of protein and all the fuelings, that's at least 55 grams. And I don't know how you transfer. Yeah, good. so it's probably it's probably like with six feelings, you're probably getting like sixty to seventy, and that's that's pretty decent. That's more than a lot of a lot of people get. But yeah. yeah, for the guys, we probably need to be a little higher, like you know, one thirty-five to if you're really going at it, like someone like me to two hundred. So that's why I had a supplement on top of that. But it's right. still you you know the whole their whole thing is more of nutrient dense food, everything that you put in right. your mouth, which is which is and- good. It's healthy. Yeah. And this part is for the weight loss phase. So once you get out of the weight loss phase, you're, you're, you transition off eating the fuelings and go back to eating whole foods and fruits and all that. Um, and then you're supposed to figure out what you want to do as far as your, they call it healthy movement. So it doesn't freak people out when you're like, you need to start working out. They say healthy movement so that you, you, and it doesn't have to be a hardcore workout unless you want it to be like you, where you're building muscle and all. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be whatever is fun for you. Yeah, so like, exactly. she does Taekwondo with her family and that is her healthy mo- movement um, to get her calories burned. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, either way, if when you come off it and whatever you're on, you know, make sure to kind of every now and then track and count how many grams of protein you're hitting a day. Because, okay. you know, I'll, I'll slip from time to time where I change my diet or eating structure a little bit. And then go back. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not even close. Oh, and so wow. I have to reassess. So, okay. wow. So this Good was advice. this was perfect for my next question. 
I have family members that don't want to work out. How, how do you motivate somebody? You had a podcast episode about this. How do you motivate family to work out when they don't? When But can you really, if they're not at that place and they're not ready to do it? I don't know. You, you had a title of an episode. Let him yeah. Answer. So I think that was that was my mom. And I remember in there, I was like, I hope she doesn't listen to this one because I was <laughs> when I talk about her. But yeah, just for for my mom, it was, you know, I use that example because, you know, her and my sister have just never been the greatest clients. So we've she, they've kind of gone in and out of my programs and everything. But I, you know, learned that you need to set a goal. And one of her goals was, you know, losing weight before uh, she was going on a cruise. I'm like, OK. And now I know like you got to someone's got to have like a goal in mind or, or someone like that. It's just you're never going to push them enough to do it. So maybe you have to find that goal for them or excite them about something. And then you find it and then you hold on to it. All right. This is what we're doing. This is the plan. She got all excited about it. And then she let me start going through her diet, which she never let me do before. And then I you know, just did a couple tweaks. Nothing crazy. Um, just increased her protein, increased her potassium a little bit. And then I went to go uh, check out her, her workout routine and then, you know, really had to fix that because she was using like a Pilates machine at home and half the bands were broken. So, I mean, no. you could take you could take one finger and, and move this cable machine. <laughs> so oh. quick fix, ordered that on Amazon. But uh, yeah, that's the whole the whole thing was, you know, if, if you're trying to help a family member, you got to you got to inspire them and find something that they want first. You know, a lot of my clients, you know, they. They want to go do this run or, or they want to get to a certain weight or, you know, or it's not it's, halftime is not in weight. It's some type of event or, you know, summer beach body or something. But you, you need something or else you'll, you'll never stay on course. So, OK, I would have recommended your mom losing 20 pounds before she go on the cruise because I went on a cruise and I gained 10 pounds. So, you <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you look good for the first few days and then who cares? Right. Don't take pictures of the second half of the cruise. Just, just the <laughs> <laughs> so question. There's somebody that we both love a ton, uh, but he is self-sabotaging. Mm -hmm. So he will start something and he will be motivated, whatever it is that motivates him, but he will quit. And there is no like, hey, remember your motivation. Do you remember what you told me when you started and this, that, and the other thing? I don't care. I'm not doing it anymore. Or he comes up with some sort of excuse as to why he, he's not going to do this. Do you have yeah. questions? Yeah. So on that, that's where the kind of the accountability factor comes in. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, you know, I'm a personal trainer, but even trainers need trainers. Like I can barely stick to my own routine and all that. I need outside influence to help me keep on track. So it's as easy as, you know, I joined this really cool high tech uh, gym here in Orange County. And I actually met him through my podcast and it's actually 30 minutes away and I hate driving places, but I get there and the experience is so cool. It's all new. It's not my gym where I know everyone and, you know, kind of, I've been doing this for so long. I need to get out of there. And, uh, you know, I've got my own coach there. You know, I probably know more than these guys do, but that's fine. But it's more the accountability and them being there for me and I don't have to think and they've got my whole program set and everything. And that's, what's locked me in. So, same thing we you know for the loved one you're you're speaking of finding something to hold them accountable it could be signing up for a, a group gym a, like a group class type thing or boxing you just you got to find something and with a coach and there's tons of online coaches out there too so you don't even have to go anywhere you just you need someone with a set schedule you know we said we talk once a week or once a month 
And that's what's going to hold you accountable. And that'll last longer than, you know, what he's been doing before. But you got to find that you got to find that, you know, right gym, right person, all that kind of stuff. And it takes time. That's fine. You can go through different ones, but you'll he'll vibe with somebody or vibe with some place. And then, boom, then you lock that in. And having a workout partner or a coach, it's just that accountability. You're you're not going to leave me hanging. You're not going to make me go to the gym. That's so important. you yeah, and I always talk about that too, and I've experienced that with one of my friends who I'm now trying to get back in the in the zone again with going with him and doing it with like friends. It's you know, people's lives change or their schedules change. They're the worst workout partners. Eventually, it's going to fizzle out. Nothing's working, and you're barely working out or doing what you need to do. Um, having someone that you don't know that you're paying, you know, like I said, a coach, an online coach, a gym, something. Where they are there for you every single time, no matter what. That's the type of accountability you need. Yeah. We've learned a lot. I mean, I, I don't know if a trainer gets it like a health coach does, but uh, just hearing, and I'm hearing from the outside, but it, addiction to food is a real thing. I mean, the, the excuses they make up sounds like an addict on drugs. I mean, yeah. Uh, and and talk just like, oh, you know, they just make up these kindergarten stories it's just so fake of a story you made up or yesterday i slipped and i couldn't do it and i could only eat at mcdonald's no what that's something else if we can make it work and we had a 22 hour work day yesterday you can make it work it's just you didn't want to make it work and i think of not being ready to change i think yes the motivation is definitely key accountability 120 percent that i need accountability i know that but if I had, uh, before I was ready, it wouldn't have worked. And so I think that's the, probably the main issue probably. Yeah. Yeah. There's that spark that you need, but that's, that's why, you know, you put yourself out there and, and so do, you know, whatever the uh, other coaches and other gyms out there just got to keep putting their info out there. And eventually something will spark with that one person to at least yeah. make the step to go. And then once you're once you're kind of in the zone, you've got your accountability set, you've got your motivation, you're so absorbed with, you know, the whole fitness concept um, and you start searching out, you know, most people start searching, Googling, whatever they can. And that's good. That's what helps keep that mindset and keep them on track, like you said, because once that spark dies then things start falling apart, they start, you know, making excuses of not talking to their accountability coach and then too much time goes by and then boom, they're out and they back in the where they started yeah i have a question mm-hmm. and, and tell me if you want to pass because it could be touchy um for some people i don't know the gastric bypass surgery i've always felt like it's kind of a cheat way out and i feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people get it and they have great results and then it goes they gain it back because they, they stretch back out their stomach or however it works. What is your opinion on that? Is that a good tool to get somebody started? And then once they get back, okay, well, we saw that that didn't work or that that did work at first, but you have to have continuation. Would it, would yeah. you, does that make sense? Or did I just, yeah, no. And I've, I've got some thoughts on that. Okay. So, uh, from, from at least all the clients and people I know that have done that one, it's just, some people have made it work. A lot haven't because of what you just said. And they just go right back to the horrible ways. 
And then the issues of, you know, what comes off of that, like the indigestion and the acid reflux, like it's just that particular one doesn't seem that great to me. There might be other better products out there later that do kind of the same thing that may not have as many side effects. But the, the main issue to address is, you know, the fact that they didn't want to lose the weight or they didn't they didn't do it the right way or at least attempt to get down to like, oh, I'm getting progress. I'm dropping weight. I'm healthy. I've got a, a, a healthy foundation and lifestyle. Then if they want to do that, just to get kind of the next level for whatever reason, they just can't, then I, you know, I don't see a problem with that as long as they earned it. And I'll okay. tell you a story of one of my other friends that went and, uh, you know, got a surgery. He wanted the, the V-shaped gap for his abs and he went and got that surgery to, the liposuction, you know, just right off the love handles. But I already knew that it wasn't going to work because one, he's just so hit or miss with his workouts. His drinks like a fish. He he eats like garbage. I was like, you do know that they, they do suck the fat cells out, but your body will create new ones to hold the new fat stores that you put in. And it's not going to be in the same place. It's going to be in random places, blotchier, all that. And that's what happened. So oh. had... Had he had a good foundation, was doing two to three workouts a week, had a decent, you know, diet, then I'd be okay. I'd be like, okay, you earned it because you already are kind of lean and your foundation is good. And for those people, I said, okay, you know, if you want the aesthetics of having the super ripped out, you know, pull out all that lipo, all that out, then okay, you earned it. So that's yeah. that's kind of my commentary on on those surgeries, whether or not you believe those are, you know. No, if they're acceptable like or not, but that's if you have to earn it first before you before you get it. He got fat taken out, and then it made like pot marks, like like. No, they called? did. They did a good job. They sucked out the fat cells and smoothed out the skin and stretched it down. But the problem is, is over the course of years and years, he kept eating and drinking, and doing all the same stuff. So it started coming back out in different areas, not not where it got pulled out. So maybe a little bit in that area, but then higher up on his stomach and then more on his right glute than the left glute, just all random weird oh, places. Weird. And it's just your body needs to store this stuff. And if what it's got, it's not working, it creates more cells. Mm. Wow. You would have to endlessly keep doing surgeries, but you don't even know where the body's going to store it next. So that's, that's why I don't, you know, like that unless you, you, you yeah. know, you did the work to get it. I like you thinking on that. It's funny, the doctors, the doctors will tell you, oh, just go ahead and get it done. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, go ahead and get it done. But uh, I don't like the. Yeah, but if you can't, if you have no foundation to hold it off, there's no point in spending the money, wasting the money for it. Yeah. So uh, tips on tips on men over 40. What, what is what is some tips you got? Uh, just, I mean, kind of for everybody, for men, the typical I see is, you know, so the one, the the drinkers. Okay, that's fine. Let's not take that away. but let's work on, you know, not drinking every single day, you know, more if you're going to have a Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, if you have to, but to have the body be clean for the, you know, mine is, you know, Monday through Friday, if you can keep it clean there, have fun on your weekends, you do so much damage by giving your body that break versus toning down the weekend, but now drinking seven days a week, your body never has a chance. You you'll, you'll never get the gains that you want. So that's one. Um, another one is, the typical American diet is just, you know, super high in sodium, uh, very low in potassium. So a fun one to do that for your audience too is, you know, instead of tracking your macros, which is your, 
you know, what we're used to. Let's track our protein, fat, and carbs. Um, track your micros. So this is your potassium, calcium, zinc, uh, all your vitamins. And, uh, you know, a lot of labels but per law, they don't even make you put some of that stuff on there. Um, they just, you know, usually sodium is the one they're worried about. So a, a cool website to check out is called uh, eatthismuch.com. And uh, it'll show you every single food product on the planet in raw form, cooked form. So like spinach. You look at spinach raw and in the, in the, you know, you could set whatever you want, like a cup of spinach. And there's 150 grams of let's let's pick potassium to start because you're you're filling out your chart and you want to see how much potassium you're eating. Cooked spinach has about like 450 for that same cup. So the process changed the dynamics of, of the, the micros. So what you do is, you know, just create a little chart and, and, you know, easy thing, you know, I'm not a doctor, check with your doctor always, but easiest thing is to Google, what is the RDA of sodium? You know, your recommended daily allowance, Google, you know, that's all posted and they've been talking about that for a long time. You know, how much sodium you should have, potassium, magnesium. So just start with those and then use that website and fill it all out. And the number one thing people are going to start seeing is one, the sodium is off the charts. And we kind of already knew that because we're eating out a lot and all that. And then potassium is not even like a fifth of what you're supposed to be having. It needs to be flipped the other way. And potassium and sodium work together as your electrolyte balance. So the more sodium you have, the more water retention you hold, the higher blood pressure, the, the puffier you look. And potassium more works with the electrical you know, parts of your body and pushes sodium out, which pushes that water weight out as well. So that's an easy one to fix with uh, with people who use food products are always better, but just getting them to to watch that and just add a couple things in there like avocados are real high, coconut water is real high, um, meat meats always have pretty high in potassium, but you got to worry about the meats that have the high sodium. So you just you just kind of work your charts out and, and work that, but you'll see that you'll start flushing out all this water weight, which you might have thought is fat, but it was technically you know water. So that's a that's a good one for for everybody, but a lot of the guys have a little bit more water weight. I thought women had more water weight. I thought they just held it different. Now we all hold the same amount, but I think the guys typically eat worse diets. So, right, so right. They, they have a lot more water weight to flush out. It's, ah, that's why, is that why men lose weight so much faster? They're getting the, well, that that end, you know, it's 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 genetically just you know, engineered guys put on a little bit more lean muscle mass, just easier. And then the more lean muscle mass you have, the higher your BMR is, your basal metabolic rate, so you burn more calories. But it doesn't mean females can't get it. It's just it just you know one of those things. It's not fair. It just comes a little bit easier for us. But there's other stuff on the female side that's easier than than for the males. So on the flip side, do you have any tips for women over 40? Because you had a podcast episode that was devoted to that. So I didn't know if you had something. If not, I have lots more questions. Yeah. For for females, the biggest thing that I that I get with through their diets is just the the protein. You know, even my own wife, I'm you know, harping on her and she's changing her diet. I'm writing everything down and she's not even hitting like 35 grams of protein. And she's uh five foot ten. I won't say her weight, but you know, she needs to be closer to uh you know, about a hundred grams of protein. And then she comes in the same thing where like, I, ha- I have my little protein drink that I have from this, you know, thing that she saw on social media and I'm sure it's healthy and everything, but it's like 15 grams of protein. That's nothing. 
Like you need to have like eight of those a day that even get close. So those are the little tweaks that I, you know, do with females. And the one thing they come back is, well, I don't want to be bulky and have all this mass. You can't, you're not going to get that bulky, you know, unless you're lifting 200 pound weights and like, you know, some of the big bodybuilders are. So you'd be surprised of how much you can lift for strength and everything. And you'll, you'll barely show any muscle. So. So this has nothing to do. I don't, you, I don't know. You might have a podcast episode about this. But what about the vegan vegetarian? You're out there in California. It's everywhere. What do you what do you think about it? Is it unhealthy? Um, well, first of all, going to restaurants and eating vegan is usually the the unhealthy stuff because you know they got to make it taste good, so it's real high in sodium. That's we come back to that problem. But for mm-hmm. the the vegans, and I've tried uh, going vegan and vegetarian. I did for nine months, and the one thing you know I'll give it to them is like, man, you just feel so clean in your system. You're, you know, no inflammation if you have any issues with that. But the problem with the, the vegetarian vegan diet is even worse. It's it's so hard to get that high protein count. Um, and then if you even do try to get that high protein count, you overshoot your carbs like 300%. Because every protein source, almost every protein source in that vegetarian vegan diet is also carb, which is, you know, carbs are okay, but you have to keep your calories at a certain level to be able to get what you want say you're trying to stay on a 2000 calorie diet or 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 whatever but that requires you getting like 100 grams of protein that 100 grams of protein in that vegan lifestyle threw you up to like 3000 calories because it matched you know it has that much more in carbs so that was a problem i had and the only workaround was okay just go go for the choices that are no carbs well that leaves out that's basically tofu i don't want to sit there and eat soy all day um Pea protein uh, supplement drinks, okay, that'd be an option, but you'd have to drink, you know, three or four of those a day and eat nothing else. So, wow. you know, that was that was my issue with that. So I I, I do have a, a vegan protein powder that I like because I am allergic to whey and I do feel good on it. But I, you know, I have to mix in the the meats as well. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, "If the vegan diet's so great, why are they always trying to make everything taste like meat?" <laughs> it might be old. <laughs> I, I saw. I just saw one today too, saying, you know, this one's pretty bad. But they're like, if you're worried about killing animals, how many animals do you think are killed with the the machines they use yeah. to pull up all the stuff and all that? But I won't go into detail on that one. No, Rogan talks about it all the time because there's yeah. always buzzards and and crows and everything in the <laughs> ground nesting birds and baby deer and everything. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I'm just going more off of, you know, my results off protein. I'm not, you know, I try not to get in those uh, political discussions. <laughs> Especially where you are. We're out in Virginia. Where it's a little more. Oh, yeah. Little- I'm, I'm in California. I got to I gotta watch out what I say over here. <laughs> got customers, man. <laughs> <laughs> so here, let's, let's get into uh, crazy myths. What are some crazy, you did a podcast episode about uh, fitness myths. What are some crazy fitness myths that you can debunk? Well, I think that 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 was a good one. I kind of touched on lightly was you know if I for like females if I if I work out and and raise my weights I'm going to get too bulky. No, the the amount of weight you need to get that kind of bulk and plus the amount of food you need to eat to even get that size. That's why these female pro bodybuilders look like that. Not to mention the drugs they take on top of that to get there. You will never look like that. Lean muscle is is thin and lean. You know if you've ever seen a a pound of fat versus a pound of muscle, a pound of fat is like, like, you know, not paper thin, but it is so stretched out and, and, and thin versus a 
globular pound of fat is like, you know, more than the size of a football. So that's the kind of the thinking process when you think, okay, when I'm putting on lean muscle mass, it's all going to be these sheets of muscle that are real thin going spread across your body. So that's one, one myth. Um, and then uh, trying to think of any other myths. You got any, you want me to debunk? You got anything? The Arnold thing probably was my main thing because I thought that I was supposed to work out. That's what Arnold said, but I read that when I was in high school. That was a while. Yeah, well, that, but, that, but then that's the other thing too, is you know you find out later that, you know what were these guys taking that even allowed them to get to that that size? And and that's that's a kind of a thing that in the personal training world, you'll see guys that are models and all that are like that. And, you know, for the rest of us, we're like, okay, well, if you, if you openly come out and say, like, I got half of this from you, know, like using steroids. Okay. We, we respect you, and, you know, whatever you want to do to your body. And they've gotten better at that process of doing that. But the ones that try to hide it and say, no, I did this with hard work, this and that, and you need to come train with me. We're like, man. And, you know, it's just, you can't get that size without, without taking stuff. Well, I, I had a magician friend of mine. He, you might know the video. Uh, uh, oh man, it's going to be on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I want to look like that guy. It was a DVD. It was a magician. That's oh, that's what it was. Yeah. And it was he wanted to look like a bodybuilder that he saw in men's health uh -huh. and fitness. So just out of nowhere, he went from dad bod to a bodybuilder, steroid free, and he worked with a trainer like you. It's a it's a award winning documentary. It's great. It, you can find it on YouTube. You can get the download. But it wasn't sustainable, though. He said not at all. It was, yeah. it was, oh. he was, he ever felt in his life to, well, he came in again in his first try ever. Um, well, and that's, that's the thing. You can get to a decent size of, if you look at all the, the bodybuilders that are like natural bodybuilders, I mean, they look like a good size and everything, but go, go put them next to Mr. Olympia. That's what uh, I'm saying. They're like one tenth the size of that, and they can never get to that guy's, you know, level unless they take stuff. But yeah, the human body can we can you can build it up a decent amount and look good. That's what the natural bodybuilders do. But I think what killed him was training for the competition itself when you had to get your body fat down to three percent. I think yeah, that's, that's that's what killed him. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, just here's a fun one. Like you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, Thor, the amount mm -hmm. of work he had to put in, and he had he was on stuff too. If you if you Google it, because all that stuff usually leaks out. Um, I, I don't think he's taking steroids, but there is stuff to, you know, chemicals and everything to help you, you know, get to that kind of size. So it's, it's no. funny, like just going, going through all the top celebrities, like Brad Pitt was another one in Fight Club. His cocktail list was like 25 different things, not technically illegal, but not really something you should be putting on your body. But look what he looked like in Fight Club, though. <laughs> so yeah, my podcast is not about trying to look like that. Yeah. So all those were... were have bad side effects, yeah? Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, right. Okay. So yeah. what about what about um, The Rock with his crazy Sundays? If you follow him on Instagram or seen any of his posts. Cheat days. His cheat day Sunday. I don't like that because your body's going to crash on Monday and Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday before you're back on track to. But is he on things? He might be one of those that use, because he's big. Yeah, well, well, he was on things when he first started, and once you get there, now you got it, you know, minus maybe like a 30% reduction, but still he got his size from that way back in the day. Healthy okay. now. And uh, his his uh, cheat days, the whole thing with the cheat days, um, that's another method that uh, bodybuilders use to kind of break through different plateaus is, uh, you know, 
going nuts and having a lot of calories and bad calories because it, it provides a shock to your system. And when you're trying to hit new plateaus, especially for these bodybuilder type people, um, doing the same thing monotonously, I mean, you get to a certain set point where your body's just used to it. It's not going to grow. There's no stimulus anymore. So changing up the workout program is one way to do it. Uh, shocking the body with, you know, changing the diet or doing a cheat day. Because as soon as the next day comes, you're back going clean. Your body will snap right back. But that shock provided the stimulus to get them to that next level. Ah. I'd be afraid I was crashed the next day. I'd be yeah. all the but, next day. You know, for, you know, that's, that's for the people who are trying to, you know, trying to look like the rocks. So that's, you know, that's fine, but. Okay. Right. It's not for me and you. And it's not see, for me. if I did that, I would gain the weight and it would take me the whole week to lose what I've gained on that one day. And then you do it again and you're just in a cycle. Yeah. And you yeah. run that risk of your cheat day was so awesome. And then you just can't not have another one the next day and another one the next day. Oh, and there, there we go. Now we got a little addiction problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always start on Mondays fresh. So having a cheat day on Sunday, you start Monday morning fresh. <laughs> that, that's good. Varies per person. You can do it. All yeah. right. So we got eight minutes left, man. Tell me about your podcast. We've talked about a couple different things. And tell me about your training, how people can, I mean, can somebody in Virginia hire you? Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, a blessing in disguise. It was COVID was a horrible thing, but it kind of pushed a lot of us trainers into the, the online world, which a lot of the you know, social media superstars were already kind of doing that and pulling some of our clients. So we all jumped in the world, but now it's just so much scalable. I can help so many other people, you know, across the US, across the world. You know, a good chunk of my audience is actually from Australia. You know, who knew who knew that was going to happen? But uh, yeah, so my, my uh, podcast is called Over 40 Fitness Hacks. You know, I kind of look for the over 40 person's just just wants to kind of lean down, build a little bit of muscle mass, very simple, but not give up their social life. You know, that's my biggest thing. So I only want clients who, who, who know that they don't want to give up, you know, their weekends or whatever, that I'm your guy versus, you know, some of the other trainers we were talking about and bodybuilders. But uh, yeah, my whole show is themed over just all the different hacks, you know, always build healthy habits, but here's a couple little hacks to help you along the way. So you can do some of those social things. And uh you know, like I said, my one week I'll, I'll be on the show talking about the kind of those fun fitness hacks or what I'm doing for some of my clients. And then the other week I get uh, someone in the health and wellness field that's a expert at, you know, something that I think might be interesting to the audience just to, you know, keep the, the flow of the show. And I always want to be on the latest trends. As, you know, I feel like that's my job being in this industry is trying out stuff before the masses do so I can give them my uh, honest opinion on each thing. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you really know what you're talking about then. You're yeah. not just and it's fun. I'm passionate about it. And so that's what I kind of sell. Like I'm doing this work behind the scenes. And then you have a, you know, the client has a, a sounding board to, to throw things at, like you were mentioning the, the gastric bypass. So I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've had a bunch of people that have done that or know about them. And that was my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I had a thought. I've lost it. Just your passion, man. That's, that's what attracts me to you. Cause I love people that are passionate in their industry. And you're trying things out. You want to come to somebody that's passionate. I've had trainers that was just like, all right, yeah, do a couple more of those, do a couple more of those. And, you know, they let their own health and wellness fall off the wayside because it was just a nine to five job. That's yeah. not, not cool. Yep. And that doesn't really help motivate the, you know, the client if they're falling apart themselves. But, you know, right. that kind of just works itself in life with anyone in any of their jobs. And you just, 
find the ones that are still doing it, still going for it. And, uh, the, you know, the one thing, the beautiful thing about podcasting I discovered is, you know, I've always been kind of stuck in my local area here in Orange County. And I know a ton of physical therapists, ton of chiros and, and all these different modalities, which is great. But now with the, the podcast and the online world, you know, I'm meeting people from across, like I said, the, the U.S. and other countries and people think differently and do stuff differently in other spots. And it's so cool, you know, to be able to talk to them and and absorb all the information that they have. There's just there's just so much out there. It's it's endless. And because of what I'm doing in the podcasting, I get to tap into that. And a lot of you know people in my field don't. So I feel That's fortunate. Awesome. And your podcast, what I saw, they're like 10 minutes or less. Are they yeah, and that was the that was the other thing because when I got in the podcasting world, I'm like, I can't stand listening to Joe Rogan for an hour and a half. Like it's insane. I was That's like, right. I love. Yeah, I love getting to the point and all this stuff. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do my show with. Just give give the people, this is the title of what I'm going to talk about. And I'm just going to nail it, eight to ten minutes. And and if you like the show, you'll continue listening to the other stuff. But if not, then you got what you wanted in that eight to ten minutes. And yours is doing really well. You're really proud of it. It's doing really yeah. good. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? It's the uh, over 40 fitness hacks podcast do you have an instagram account you can pitch uh i i, I don't do a total a, a lot of social media right now but i do have a twitter account at over 40 fit hacks but the the best way is just you know to find my show on itunes or spotify or my website over 40 fitnesshacks.com and uh you know I'm, I'm more trying to grow the show and spread the word right now just by pumping out you know more and more episodes so that's kind some- of my focus there's somewhere on that podcast website where people could contact you to be able to say, Hey, you might be a good fit for me. Or yeah, ask you so, for a topic. Yeah, yeah I've got my uh, email on there. Project B is in boy three, six at Gmail. And that's, that's on all the, the podcast descriptions and, and on my website. That's how people have been reaching me. He also, it looks like you answer a lot of questions and that gives you your jump off point for the actual episode. So that's awesome too, that you do that. Yeah. And that's the other beauty too of, you know, training, still training clients. I'm still actively doing that online or in the gym, but it brings up like cool topics to talk about because one of my clients really had an issue and they wanted to know something about a certain topic. Ooh, bam, I'll throw this on the show. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here and our first video podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We kicked you off a couple times and yeah. you got with us, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for your patience. Uh, the only thing <laughs> no worries. Is, um, We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you so much. Check us out online at WesIsley.com and Patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind the scene videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.